0: Back to the uh, second edition of the Video Monolith Film Podcast. Very exciting. Yeah, we, did, uh, we had a little troubles with Blue Velvet. Got that a copyright strike. Was a pain in my anus to
1: upload yeah. that.
0: Did you try? Because uh, I think they were copywriting the song, right? Blue Velvet. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the song i was getting. Did but you I try mean, the other song, Only in I, Dreams, or whatever? No, I didn't try it either. But I tried probably five different Blue Velvets. Yeah. And I mean, they're probably all owned by MGM. Yeah, they did. They didn't like it too much. And I don't know if the file was too big. It was like two and a half hours after, like video two and I did it in 720 though. But yeah, it was a pain. I'm hoping it was more smoothly. Yeah, it's up fine now, but just no tune. So just straight into us talking. That's fine. That's okay. Worst case, we'll just keep using the Cannibal Holocaust tune. That's the best one. That's just our main theme now. We've already (laughs) done. Dude, to every, I think every Backyard Boys one is going to be a new Cannibal. Oh, holiday. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, um, so if you couldn't tell already, today we will be doing Wild at Heart. Hey, Lee, why does it say wild.at.heart.19? <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's
0: a weird that. file name. Don't fucking worry <laughs> about it. <laughs> um. Yeah, Wild at Heart, another Lynch gig. Yeah. 1990. Yes, sir. This was straight after Blue Velvet, right? Yep, right away after, and right after Twin Peaks TV show, I believe the first episode. Oh, true. Eh? He did that in between. Yeah, but I think Let's it was sort he, this way. I think he started working on this when the pilot got picked up, something like that, or either the pilot or the first like batch of episodes got picked up. Okay,
1: but this was uh,
0: yeah, Twin yeah. Peaks. I think this is the show, hmm still quite the gap though eighty six to eighty nine apparently, yeah, well, yeah, I wonder what he was doing, probably looking for scripts or something, I guess, or just uh, filming that could be it too, yeah, because yeah. I don't know maybe they film the whole season in one batch, probably yeah uh, probably longer to do the show too, yeah, I'd imagine the whole so. season done. But, anyways, would you like to uh, summarize it, or do you want me to? Hey, well, you know what? Well, I don't uh, people can just read this now? Young lovers, Sailor and Luna, run from the variety of weirdos that Luna's mom has hired to kill Sailor. It's a pretty I good description.
1: So. Yeah. yeah, pretty well pretty decent.
0: We got Nick Cage, Laura Dern. What else could you want? I uh man, the last I think three movies I've seen Nick Cage in. Yeah, he's just winning me back over. <laughs> he's coming back i hated nick cage for the longest time yeah and uh he's definitely growing on me i can imagine one would be mandy and the other be this one what is the third one on that list ah what is the third one i don't remember but i remember liking him in something else is it national treasure two (laughs) pardon me national treasure two uh god (laughs) oh Oh, color out of space it was color out of space i I don't know that one that just, just, just came out pretty much. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it says 2019, but I think it was in festivals in 2019. And oh. it was supposed to be, have a wide release, but the corona happened. It's yeah. based on a uh, Lovecraft story. Oh, that's fun. It's quite good. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah? Yeah. Um, if you go back to the other Nick Cage page here. yeah, have you yeah. seen Raising Arizona? No, I haven't, but I've heard good things about that, too. Yeah, that's quite good. Yeah. Mm, have you seen Ghost Rider? Okay, let's move on. (laughs) Just naming Nick Cage (laughs)
1: Oh,
0: a little spoiler there. Oh, we can't look at that guy. He is a Um, build. How many times have you seen this, Nick? Because this was your this was you've been pretty excited for this one. Well, you see, I had seen this movie probably four years ago. And I was doing the same thing we're doing now, where we're kind of going through all the Lynch movies. Okay. And I was, uh, I really enjoyed it back four years ago. And I was excited to get to it because it's it's so out of the, like the, I guess like the visuals are out of the blue, but the aesthetic is the same, like the camera work and the style of it, uh, like the Lynch style. But uh, on second viewing now for the podcast, didn't enjoy it as much. Really? Didn't enjoy it as much as I uh, enjoyed it the first time. I don't know if it was because I was expecting things or... I'm not sure. I'd, I'd like to hear what you thought of it, though. Interesting. I had a, a pretty... It's a pretty long runtime, but I guess for Lynch, it's pretty average. Mm-hmm. Two something? Yeah, two, like two five, I think. Okay. This was your first time? This was my first time seeing it, yeah. The yeah. first, um, I was like instantly enthralled. Yeah. Yeah pretty captivating early on mm-hmm. just the opening scene alone. I was like, okay, I'm in Well, that's fucking rock and roll. The fantastic look when he points. It oh and- <laughs> man. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> but, uh, the second act. Yeah. The transition from the second to the third act.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like a whole fucking hour long. Yes. It and is it, nothing's work. happening. No. It's the fucking dude. It drags on. Mm hmm way too much i think lynch definitely could have cut a solid half hour from this movie probably more than that yeah i mean you don't really need what's uh, the guy's name um he's the famous character actor just died recently he's the detective in this movie oh uh yeah where's his name yeah harry dean stanton yeah this guy yeah I don't think we need Harry Dean Stanton at all in the movie or Mr. Reindeer or any of those guys. I think it could just cut from Santos to them in Big Tuna. Really? Call it a day. Okay, yeah, but keep Santos. Yeah, keep Santos, but get rid of Harry Dean Stanton, get rid of Mr. Reindeer. I like Mr. Reindeer. I mean, he's a cool character. But if you want to trim it down, uh, do some proper cutting on it. Yeah. Get rid of a fucking 45, 50 minutes out of the movie. Yeah. And get a nice, tight little uh, Laura Dern, uh, Nick Cage, uh, <laughs> y- you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do know. I didn't know he was in Rango. I don't remember him in Rango. I this like is that. One of my, this is one of my favorite animated movies of all time. That, me too. I quite like Rango. I fucking love Rango, man. It's too Rango, Rango yeah. and Fear and Loathing. Make a fucking solid double bill. They really do. And there's a little reference to it in Rango. I'm really upset that we enjoy all the same movies. (laughs) (laughs) Why is it? There's no friction. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. We'll find it. We'll find that one fucking movie, man. Good enough. If we do Joshy one more time, then I think think I'll go crazy if we do Joshy one more time. (laughs) We'll talk to Halen. (laughs) Halen will find the one movie that I love and you hate i guess that was i didn't yeah i I like Joshi, but yeah well i liked rubber too and i like rubber you you rubber's fantastic there's no way you didn't like rubber no that was pretty everybody likes rubber halfway through i liked it a lot more yeah yeah the second half is tremendous for that yeah um back to wild at heart wild at heart wild at heart (laughs) um so yeah you're saying second act was too slow Yeah, there's just this huge chunk when they're in Big Tuna, Texas, where it's like, I don't fucking care anymore. I do like the conversations they have in the little trailer park motel area there. I like the conversations they have with the other like tenants or residents or whatever. Yeah. But when it's just Nick Cage and Laura Dern and they're in their motel room and they're both like, This sucks. I'm watching it and I'm like, Yeah, dude, this really does suck. (laughs) Yeah. Like this just isn't good movie. Well, you know, you're supposed to be in hell, so... Yeah, well... He's putting you through the ringer there, Lee. I guess I kind of felt that, too. Like, maybe that was the point. Lynch dragged it on because the characters felt like it was dragging on as well. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the audience can understand that they feel worn out without Mm -hmm. making the audience feel it, too. Well, I mean, you can show Rocky in a minute and a half in a training montage and you go, this guy's the fucking buffet guy every (laughs) day for 10 years for it. So I think we can cut down the long, you know, you can trim it. You can always trim it down a bit and you'll still get the, uh, you'll still get the idea of it. I think also the, um, the suspense with, uh, was it Lula? Yeah. The suspense with Lula getting pregnant Mm -hmm. didn't work for me well it was kind of like it was obvious and yeah. like there was no real tension there it was like oh i'm pregnant and he's like cool and she's like maybe not maybe it's not cool and he's like okay i'm so that cool. was it
1: yeah I was like,
0: <laughs> okay fuck i guess that's over well it's because nick cage is the coolest guy around <laughs> he's the big tuna in big tuna <laughs> but uh oh can we get that him yeah i'm looking right? for the point Oh, that's tremendous! I, yeah, very oh man, it's fantastic. Nick, he's insane in this movie. I love it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I love the singing in this movie. Yes, me too. I do think it's fucking funny mm-hmm. that they go to a fucking metal concert. Yeah, we got to go dance and hunt <laughs> it. Speed metal playing, okay. in the- <laughs> fucking trash metal.
1: Yeah, that and rule. he just
0: fucking grabs the mic from the singer the singer walks fully off stage like he's like right, i'm out yeah. and then fucking nick cage is like you boys know this song and he starts singing elvis yeah. and they do know it They're like oh let, let me get out my complete other pedal board and different g- guitar and amp and everything and we'll start playing this for you buddy <laughs> and what fucking radio station are they listening to where that comes on in the middle of nowhere text Ooh. That was fucking funny. The only... They're complaining. There's nothing on the radio but fucking horrible news stories. And then the only other thing playing is that one (laughs) metal song. The same metal song that's been playing the entire movie. The dancing is awesome, though. There's a guy crawling on the ground and them in the desert jumping around. That's awesome. I love the kicking. I love when the fucking song comes on and he front flips out of the car. (laughs) That's so fucking cool. (laughs) I think like the music, in. The, I think like everything in this movie is trying to be Nick Cage or trying to, like, if you have a normal kind of movie and then you throw in Nick Cage being an animal, it doesn't fit in because you go, why is this guy fucking running around, chewing stuff, flipping around? But if the <laughs> whole movie is chewing stuff and flipping around, then you yeah. go, oh, this is a fun world we live in. Laura Dern. Laura Dern. thing. The female version of it, you know, she's still a nut jumping around. The yeah. Music is the same thing erratic, sporadic, jumping in, and then he pulls up and goes, da, da, da. there's a crazy guitar <laughs> riff for no reason. And it's fantastic. Everything is just bing, 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 jumping around and uh, from zero to 10 in, in nothing. But I feel like that isn't the Nicolas Cage most people our age know. Okay. Because most people, I don't know. Like w- growing up, I only knew Nick Cage from like fucking National Treasure and Ghost Rider. Yeah, I I don't know. I stayed away from those. And that's those movies are garbage. And he's not. Yeah. He's not the same in these movies that he is in those movies. He, he's no. he's going back to that. Like Mandy, he was fucking batshit crazy. That's, it was fucking cool. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's when Nick. Funny. That's when he performs best. Have you seen this a, one? They just let him loose. Have you seen Bad Lieutenant? That's Herzog and Nick Cage. Oh, mm. that's an interesting one. That does sound like an interesting combo. We won't say anything about it, but uh, okay. maybe in the future. Maybe. Um. Yeah. What's another thing? Nice wide angles, the same as Blue Velvet. Is my first yes here? Yeah, the same. The wide. I envelope. noticed that as well. A lot of uh, car shots, like you mentioned in Blue Velvet. You said that's going to be a recurring theme for uh, yeah. mm-hmm. for Lynch doing the. The car, the road, the car, the road. Yeah, always you see the, uh, what's it called? The parallel lines coming at you. Yeah. That's in every single one of his movies except probably Eraser Head. True. And uh, always the singing comes back. There's always some kind of musical component. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what do we see? Always close ups of matches and stuff. Yeah. A lot of cigarettes in this one. Yeah. A lot of of cigarettes. uh, What's it called? Elephant Man. You see a lot of. These oh yeah. Kind of quick montages whenever uh, Joseph Merrick, the elephant man, is uh, dreaming. He always has these kind of nightmarish flashes and things, and there's always like light bulbs blowing up and a match yeah. or something, a candle going out. Kind of what you'd expect kind of things. But uh Lynch, Lynch really likes like flame, mm-hmm. lights. Yeah. Stuff like that. Like Eraserhead was a lot more industrial, so there was less like organic flame. Mm-hmm but everything after that that we've covered has been like candles matches cigarette like just tons of fire one thing i find though as we're kind of chunking our way through his uh filmography is that nothing is as good as a racer head oh yeah i agree so far so far 100 percent. it's so standalone it's so its own thing and then everything else is kind of playing off of itself and playing off of the other movies in it but Eraserhead head is just a really singular piece of work Yep, it really and sticks out as a fucking good one i wonder like how much that has to do with just like the fact that after Eraserhead, he got kind of ingrained into hollywood whether he liked it or not mm-hmm. and maybe they didn't have as much control over his creative process as other directors yeah but the fact that he has a legal and professional obligation mm-hmm. to turn over on these movies quicker. Yeah. Like he took ten years to make a racerhead,
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or what was it, seven? Seven, ten? What was it? Something like that. He took almost a decade. Yeah. But he can't do that anymore because he's got, you know, three studios up his ass. Yeah. And they're and a also, handful of producers. They're going out of business, going back into business. Yeah. And it's the same thing with like uh like music artists. Mm-hmm they spend fucking like five years perfecting their first album so they can get yeah. signed yeah. and then they get signed and they have one year to write their second album. Mm-hmm. Obviously the second album is going to be shit compared, but that's the test I find is always the second album. Yeah. The second one's good. Then you go, Oh, they got something there. But if the first one rules and the next two are kind of, eh, you go, I eh, was lucky with the first one. Add 10 years yeah. for the first one. But at the same time, it feels unfair to compare Lynch to himself because there's no one else like him. Yeah. Like, you compare Blue Velvet or Wild at Heart mm -hmm. to any other movie released that year. Yeah. Or that fucking decade, half decade, whatever. Mm -hmm. And Lynch is a standout every time.
1: Well, he'd definitely
0: be the kind of, oh, what is this kind of interesting thing? But But within his own filmography, Mm -hmm. Eraserhead is like that's very like he's fully removed. Yeah. But yeah. you can still saving comparison, you can still rank his stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking eraserhead um Lost Highway Blue Velvet and it kind of gets muddy around Oh, there. really? Well, around 3, I'm not sure. Now. What about Mulholland Drive? I didn't like Mulholland Drive. Really? I did not like it. Oh. i haven't seen it we'll see yeah i don't want to tell you too much but it's very uh when i first i've only seen it once before okay being very scatterbrained and all over the place and yeah with no ties to anything narrative or plot or anything you know yeah they're pretending there's a plot but it's kind of a dream logic thing going on and i don't know i might appreciate that though i don't know because i like doing research too Mm -hmm. but it's almost like it feels like a mystery without the work of making the mystery okay well that seems kind of meta it's like he's making the audience do the work no but it's like you're telling them okay this is a mystery but you're not giving them any clues as to why it's a mystery there's no actual mystery there's no reason for anything and you go okay why did i spend two hours watching this nothing (laughs) all right well i guess we'll get there when we get there that's how i feel about
1: it (laughs)
0: I can't really comment. I still haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. This one, on the other hand, this has a solid story. Oh, this solid is. cool. Uh, yeah, this is cool. What I like a lot about this is like, there's a lot of random garbage.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like not only like plot wise, like the whole, a lot of the big tuna mm-hmm. stuff could have been cut out. But yeah. then there's like, what, half a dozen car accidents.
1: Uh,
0: at least four. Right. Those could yeah. all be cut out but they're not for some reason. And it's kind of cool. I kind of like them. I enjoy the one at nighttime when, uh, Laura Dern and Nick Cage are going into Texas. Yeah. And it's the the girls (laughs) looking for a purse. That one is, uh, just kind of visually more interesting than the other ones. And it's kind of, Oh, this is the turning point. This is the bad omen. They're getting into Texas. Yeah. What's going to happen. Uh, you're talking about the garbage around i i like the sign in big tuna that just says fuck you yeah when they're about to go rob the fucking bank or whatever yeah that's good that's a good one yeah yeah this i just found it interesting uh for visually there's some kind of weird cactus plant in the back and it's only the headlights and then these people are all bloody everywhere yeah i did also appreciate it kind of it shows like a glimpse at uh a fucking sailor's true character mm-hmm. like because he's framed to be a scumbag yeah but the audience is uh enticed to believe that he's a good person
1: yeah well, he's, he's cool. and this
0: this shows that
1: yeah
0: yeah like he's macho and shit but when it's time to not be macho when it's time to you know be a fucking decent human being mm-hmm. he pretty much always is yeah, I, he struggles with that at the end, I guess, too. Yeah. Well, yeah, he needs money, you know? Hmm. Money is the root of all evil. I was thinking more of the very end when he's deciding, oh, Lord, Dern, they're too good for me. I, I'm a bad guy. I got to go kind of thing. Right. Struggling with his own yeah. self-image. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is cool, too. Because, like, I mean, this movie's interesting to me. I was reading up an article on it. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what article it was. If anyone's interested, just fucking email us. Whatever, I'll send you the article. I'll find it again. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it was—it's long. It was a long and not very interesting. Okay. But like the m- the main kind of point of it was the, the difference between, uh, dialogueism and monologueism. Okay. In art, where like dialogueism is all about creating a conversation. Mm-hmm. With every aspect of the piece and their audience. Okay. And other pieces in the industry. And monologuism is like a very authoritarian, just like this is what I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. There's like no room for interpretation, basically. Okay. And what they were saying is that what Lynch does is he does the complete opposite of monologuism, where he's not saying any one thing, mm-hmm. he's just basically vomiting ideas on screen. And he organizes his ideas and his thoughts in a way that become coherent. But they're so open to interpretation and he's not locking down any one theme. He's not locking down any one idea mm-hmm. so that anyone who watches the movie, even if they're confused, they can interact with the movie on a deeper level because they can have a dialogue with it internally. Yeah, I think that they said, somewhat coherently in most of his films yeah i I haven't seen all of them yet but i mean it i think it makes more sense with this film than blue velvet because blue velvet was pretty straightforward yeah this film has a lot of like montage elements like all the all the car crashes there's a lot of like random violence all the thugs that mr reindeer hires that like you said don't really matter
1: Mm -hmm.
0: like all that shit is kind of secondary and it doesn't add to any theme that I could grasp. Mm-hmm. But there's something to be said about just Lynch's like obsession with perverted uh violence and just like the perversion of shock in general. Yeah. Well I think he's trying to make it the most hellish environment you can find yourself yeah. in. Yeah. Just populated by goons and thugs and violence and car crashes everywhere and big tuna signs that say "fuck off" and stuff. I think a a big part of this movie, Mm. as well. Nice teeth on the guy. Oh man! I at least it's like in a few shots, it's like obviously dentures. (laughs) There's a nice tight close-up at the end of that scene. Yeah. Oh my god! You see his gums. Yeah, that's quite nice. I like. Uh, I think part of why Lynch made this movie, I think, mm. is kind of like, like, draw the attention towards Hollywood in general. Okay. Saying like, because this is, it's like a road movie. Mm. Like it's a, it's kind of a road trip movie. It's kind of a neo noir movie. It's kind mm. of a, like, I don't know, just fucking criminal in general, mm. like mafia almost. Yeah. But it's kind of like what Lynch tends to do is focus on the depravity of his subjects
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he focuses on the violence and the perversion and all the shit that other directors shy away from. And he's kind of saying like, like you can't indulge in these environments, in these worlds without committing to them fully.
1: Yeah, I, I,
0: I agree with you. Yeah, I don't know. That's how I felt watching it. I I don't think I've ever seen a a Lynch where it's 95%. Right, exactly. He's always going, the full full envelope is always in. Except for the two that we skipped over. Yeah. Elephant Man and Dune. Yeah, I think everything else has been 110% full. Elephant Man and Dune, that's more like you were saying before studio heads and kind of producers messing around with the, uh, the kind of magic, but these are pretty well, These are real straightforward Lynch. I wonder how much creative freedom he has on it because he's adapting material. So he's, he's using source Mm -hmm. material, but he's adding his own stuff. So I think the ending, the half a while at heart, yeah, the happy yeah. ending and the uh, Mr. Reindeer and all mm-hmm. those characters. I think those are added by Lynch. Really? Yeah, I believe so. I think the happy ending is as well. Yeah. That seems very Lynchian. He likes the happy ending for some reason. But she was like counterintuitive. You'd watch half a Lynch movie and you'd expect it to end terribly. Yeah. But he really does like the happy endings. Yeah. I think but, uh, point, it was uh, the original ending because this was a novel first. Yeah. And the original ending was that um sailor goes, ah oh, you're too good for me, I'm out of here. I'm Joe cool, and he hits the road. And uh Lynch said, Oh yeah, I find it's a cool ending. Like he's the kind of cool dude walking off into the sunset. But it doesn't go with the rest of the story. You see how in love they are throughout the story and the lengths that they have yeah. to be together. It would make sense that he waits all this time and she waits all this time and then he goes, All right, fuck off. Yeah, I I kind of agree with Lynch on that friend. Mm-hmm if it's it would just ended with him leaving it would have been like okay so what was the point yeah but then we wouldn't get that great dolly shot across the traffic with him running across oh, and then man the song at the end that's the one thing i fucking <laughs> yeah there's one thing I, I fucking love about this movie is how insanely corny it is yeah it is so fucking cheesy mm-hmm. but it's so lynch at the same time it's insane yeah. It's like it makes no sense. You have such a cool shot lined up here too. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're gonna watch this for a second because I love this little cut. We're going dancing, baby. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Just the big punch at the end. Oh man, and you—it's crazy how like perfectly it lines up too. It really, it really works good. I love it. It's interesting, something <laughs> fucking <laughs> something uh, Lynch has made me notice a lot. Mm-hmm. that I noticed when we make movies, yeah, but I noticed it almost more when I watch a Lynch movie. Okay, is that being true to human behavior is less important than looking good on screen.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Like that shot we just watched. Yeah. Where he holds the punch steady while she does her thing. Yeah. No way in hell anyone would do that in real life. No. There's no way anyone would just fucking, <laughs> just just hang out like this and just, yeah. you know, I'll wait, I'm good. <laughs> well, it's like, but it looks fucking good on camera. It looks fantastic. You're not gonna go, I'm gonna wait five seconds for that dolly to finish, <laughs> and a little fan that a little tilt
1: down. But yeah, it comes out fantastic.
0: Yeah, it really does. And okay. I, I find um, I've noticed it in this movie the most. Mm-hmm. Lynch does that a lot, where oh, it's yeah. like you'll see people on camera doing things that normal people wouldn't do, mm-hmm. but it looks so good on camera that unless you're like hyper aware of it, you won't notice because it just looks so cool. Well, you don't even really question it if the kind of work goes in with the world that they're, yeah, with, you know, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, well, yeah. Just, some of the strangest kind of acting you'll see in any of these kind of Lynch kind of movies, like the extras and stuff, some old man just standing in the background or something or some weirdo in the the (laughs) room. Oh, can't show that. Oh, that's true. We have to skip through that. And like. It's hard not to show this guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, This guy's just hanging out here. Do I have to leave too? That's, that's one of line. my favorite lines in the movie. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> fucking Santos, the gangster, shows up. There he is. And like, everyone head out. Yeah, and that like, old man with the cane is like, even me? <laughs> like, yeah, dude, who the fuck are you? It's just misfortune. Just the loudest <laughs> yell you can imagine. Just blasting out full decibel. Santos! Oh, God. The reverb in this room is insane too. Mm-hmm like there's Mm -hmm. a i don't know whenever anyone yells it's weird i don't know like if they were using more than one mic on set or something yeah but every time someone yells there's like a solid echo every time Mm -hmm. could just be some stacked on reverb after or something yeah maybe but uh it's fun you hear it in the uh the recording like the the songs the the kind of musical numbers those are all like dubbed over kind of yeah like He's lips, Nick Cage is lip syncing to himself, singing kind of thing. And you hear it in that last song. Um, I forget what the song is at the very, the very end. Love Me Tender? Or yeah, Love like Me that. Tender. When he's singing it to her. And uh, she says something. And it's uh, it's like, oh, really? Or something? And it's the same kind of like you're talking super close into the mic. So you have a nice, rich, deep voice. Oh, okay. Echo of the kind of old mics. Yeah. And, like, that's definitely added in the songs and stuff. And I, I don't see a reason why it wouldn't be added throughout the rest of the picture, Give it that other kind of worldly stuff. That's an ugly shot. I don't like this shot. This one of them hugging or the kid? The kid. I don't like the kid either. Yeah. Well, I mean, nothing wrong with his haircut or anything, but, uh, <laughs> the, like, a weird glare on the the windshield and, like, there's smudges on it and a ugly lens yeah. To, i didn't like that shot i think this movie has been my least favorite not visually because it's so like fucking cool yeah like it looks cool yeah but it's i find it's definitely like the least aesthetically pleasing like it's not as pretty
1: no yeah this is more more gritty
0: it's more fun too yeah it's a fun i would i would put this as a comedy though Mm -hmm. i would say it's a kind of noir comedy Yeah, same. It's as close as Lynch would get to comedy, I think. Yeah. Like he's got hilarious stuff in his other movies, but I think this is punched the entire way through with nonsense. Yeah. And uh, I believe his first draft of this movie was just uh, completely sad, depressing and everything. And and no one wanted to like produce it or finance it. So he said, I'm going to add some jokes to it. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, he punched it up a little bit and uh a little bit dude yeah, well i think he punched it up enough. <laughs> it's pretty good but i mean <laughs> I, I enjoy it just for the, the the kookiness of it the wackiness of the yeah me too and the music uh that's tremendous it, it, lynch's music is really top notch yeah Threw, I think it's top notch his uh i don't know does he do his own sound editing he must i think he does a lot of everything because it's it's too good for him not to be at least involved in it. Oh, for sure, involved. Yeah, he probably is playing on the computer doing it as well though. Yeah, but i uh, I mean, because like you said, with racer head, like he would like shove a mic in a water bottle, mm-hmm. toss it underwater, and see what happens. But that almost seems like fun student stuff to do, you know? Yeah, true. Try it out. Hit my head with a microphone and see what that sounds like. <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> it's like yeah. It works in the end, but how many times did he put a fucking, uh, I don't know, G86 (laughs) into the fucking bathtub? Um, Nice jacket on him. Pardon? Nice jacket on him. I dig dig the snakeskin jacket. I'm Mm going to be honest. One thing I can really support is uh, cool jackets in movies. Yeah. Cool Cool costumes in general. Yeah. Well, you were talking about uh, Tokyo Vampire as having. Some- oh man, Tokyo Vampire Hotel. Yeah. Yeah. That's Same director as Audition. Yeah. Dude, their costumes are insane. They're so fucking cool. Okay. Well, let's check it out, there Yeah, check it out, dude. At least watch like, mm-hmm. like watch the first episode. And if you're not into it, skip to like episode six or something. Okay. Like, just pick a random episode further down, and you'll see a lot yeah. more costumes. Perfect. Okay. They're fucking cool
1: yeah yeah
0: this is this one character yeah who literally goes like five wardrobe changes in one episode not bad like he's always wearing a different outfit but they're always like this like different variations of the same outfit Mm -hmm. yeah like it's always like a suit but his jacket has massive shoulder pads okay and it's only the top button that's buttoned, and he wears it like a cape nice (laughs) always vampire he is a vampire vampire yeah he is a vampire um, just before I forgot to say, I think you were talking about, uh, picture wise, I think this won best picture at Cannes, 1990. Yeah. I won the, uh, Palme d'Or. Did it? We're in the Palme d'Or. Yeah, I did. Well, that, uh, okay. Yeah. I don't know if, uh, this one in 1990. <laughs> that right there won. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that
0: rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I think it also made uh hundred fifty percent budget-wise. Is that good? Uh, yeah, I think it made it made money. I mean, one hundred fifty percent is like not even double your money. No, no, not double. Well, I think it was also like I'm trying to do the math here. I think it cost like ten point three, and they got like fourteen point seven or something. Yeah, it's like uh, 140-something. Like it's almost 150%. Yeah, so... But is that good for a movie? For a movie like this, I think it's pretty good. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess because now we're used to like fucking Avengers that racks in fucking dumb yeah, amount. Something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, well...
0: Even like a Spielberg movie that. would rack in, even like a Spielberg movie in the 90s would rack in like way more than double. The oh, budget. yeah, for sure. Fucking for sure. Yeah. Jaws is probably the most profitable fucking movie, uh, like ratio wise. <laughs> I bet true either. Yeah, fucking two thousand bucks to make, and they probably made two hundred mil or something. Yeah, yeah. That's a decent profit. But uh, not bad. Yeah, we were talking about jackets before. Jackets. Do you costumes. think this is some kind of uh, Elvis illusion? The jacket, Elvis-like jackets. Did he like snakeskin? I don't think he likes snakeskin, but he always had the kind of white leather with the big yeah. uh, tassels and bedaffled yeah, right. everything. He was a very flashy kind of jacket guy. I wouldn't be surprised if it was, just because, like, the amount of other illusions there are in yeah. this film. Like, the illusion, yeah. the illusions to Wizard of Oz yeah. get a little too explicit to be called illusions. At a certain point, they're just, like, mm-hmm. straight-up references. yeah also so there's I, a lot of other like there's a like a uh, jack kerouac on the road yeah the novel
1: mm-hmm.
0: there's a decent amount of allusions to that a lot of like old school or those dudes called his like gang of writer friends uh, the beats okay the beat yeah they're like okay. the beat generation and the beat authors there's okay, a few yeah. allusions to them in here like sprinkled mm-hmm. around mm-hmm so I wouldn't be surprised because Elvis is obviously a big part of it. Like pop culture in general is, is like a pretty big part of this movie. Yeah. But it's like pop culture from 40 years earlier. Yeah. But yeah. I think what Lynch is trying to do when he, when he does this shit, when he calls back to super old shit like this. Yeah. Is that he, he's banking on the fact that people know it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And like when he introduces the wizard of Oz a million times in this film. Yeah. It's because the audience already knows Wizard of Oz. Yeah. So all the work Wizard of Oz did, and all the themes and all the messages they, like, projected towards the audience, mm-hmm. the audience watching this film is already aware of. Yeah. So when cool. they see it and when they register Wizard of Oz, they make that connection between the themes, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of like
1: Does it's the not for you.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And especially in this movie, <laughs> where lynch isn't focusing on that work mm-hmm. it seems like he's focusing on everything else about film he's trying okay. to stray away from that
1: mm-hmm.
0: so it, you know it's a good idea to let other people do the work for you it's like when um fucking sailor talks about how his jacket is a symbol of like his individuality and his personal freedoms
1: yeah
0: and then you don't shut the fuck up about where the wizard of oz yeah. which is all about how like You know, the only thing you ever needed was inside of you the whole time. Mm -hmm. So it's all about the individual. You know, it's all about finding yourself and all that shit. So it's like, here's this dude who loves individuality and personal freedom. Toss some Wizard of Oz Oz in there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're done. I was also thinking the Wizard of Oz, like the amount of references to it. It's weird. too much. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. If you go over three, you go, okay.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Having
0: the good witch at the end is fun. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, and the crystal ball kind of stuff is fun. That was weird. Terrible CGI. No, it wasn't that good. Terrible I mean, green screen. Like, Absolutely yeah. terrible. As an idea, you know? Dude, it's like so choppy. It looks like the hand is like fucking glitching out, dude. It's yeah. so funny. Nice fucking square pixels on the finger. Yeah. But, uh, I was thinking it was more of like, um, kind of you're leaving kansas again uh you, you're you're getting out of the hell hole kind of thing you're kind of moving to this magic magical world and you go oh fuck we're stuck in big tuna There's but no it, i here. mean in wizard of oz the magic land was the hell hole she mm-hmm. wanted to go back home yeah but they end up i guess if together is home home I is guess. where the heart is together i don't know yeah but, i guess um, what were we saying just before Wizard of Oz? I had an effing point. Today. Illusions? Yeah. Elvis? Jackets? Oh, yeah. Something about Elvis. I just forgot again. There you go. Elvis. We'll, we'll come back to it. <laughs> um, what do I have here? Oh, I have another fun reference from film history. The pack. Uh, this The shot where the dog runs out with the guy's hand in his mouth. Yeah, it's like probably about here. Yeah, somewhere Pretty close there. Yeah, yeah, there right is. there. That is from a nice Kurosawa movie. Not sure if I can show this, but we'll do it anyways. Oh, yeah, we're probably allowed. We're not monetized. Worst case, we get age-restricted, I guess. I don't know. I already put it for... No, oh, key. there you go. Yeah, that right there, that
1: scene. Yeah,
0: so that's, uh, that's a shot from Yojimbo. Just that's the dog like, carrying a hand? Yeah, but that's like a famous, famous okay. shot from that movie and uh it was pretty shocking at the time i think that's also a movie from the 50s yojimbo i believe late 50s maybe that's uh, you check it out, kurosawa movie um you know uh ghost of tsushima no i don't think so it's a video game that just came out okay it's like a samurai video game oh that sounds fun uh what is it kura how do you spell kurosawa uh a W A at the end. Um and there's a there's a fun little tidbit mm-hmm. in the settings, you can turn Kuasara mode on. Oh yeah. And it just turns everything in black and white. Oh, that's pretty sick. And it, like it, it, it like kind of like mirrors his mm-hmm. camera. That's
1: so, like awesome. the like
0: aspect ratio changes I think, yeah. stuff like that. It's pretty fun. But uh his later movies in color are some of his best. Really? That like, seems like a controversial opinion. I feel like most people would not agree with you. Ooh, if you look up Ran, Ran is fucking killer, dude. There you won't find better color in uh, in a flick than Ran. Hope we're getting there. Yeah, Seven Samurai. Seven Samurai rules, though. That was Kurosawa. Uh, with an O, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah um, Ran. Yeah, I mean it's his third most popular. So, yeah. Yojimbo. Yeah, hey, 1961. Okay, 61. And that was, uh, that's another kind of thing. That's like, like these movies and the kind of classic Westerns, they're the exact same story, right? It's just, you take out the lone samurai for the lone gunslinger kind of thing, the exact same thing. And this is a very Western kind of story. There's part two is Sanjuro there. I was going to say, these seem related. Yeah. Well, it's like the same character, but the world is different kind of thing. Okay like as if you took the same character and put him in a, another dimension. But um, the Yojimbo, he, the character shows up into a uh, this kind of, it's another town ruled by two gangs of um, like bandit, two bandit gangs that kind of rule the north side and south side of town. And okay. he goes up to kind of make peace in between. And I forget which... Um, What's that guy's name? Uh, Clint Eastwood movie is a ripoff of this one. But, uh... One I don't know. Eastwood, it might be Hang Him High or something. The or good, the passed. bad, the ugly is the only thing that comes to mind. But I don't even yeah. know if that's Clint Eastwood. No, that is. But Okay, good. <laughs> um, I think it might be... That's three O's.
1: Uh...
0: I'm not sure. Uh... What, well, do you know around what year it came out? I'm, I'm not even sure of the name exactly. Fistful of Dollars. Yeah, I think it might be Hang'em High. Okay. It's the same thing, but just the Western version. Okay. But, um, what is it? Uh, like a lot, of, a lot of Kurosawa's samurai movies became Westerns later. I, I believe that pretty heavily. Like, what's Seven Samurais, Magnificent Seven? Yeah. And, I don't know. People have talked about it before. But, uh, or what's the other one, too, even? Uh, Not Throne of Blood. uh, uh, Hidden Fortress becomes fucking Star Wars 4. So that's interesting. Hidden Fortress is a course. Yeah, right here, the Hidden Fortress. Star Wars 4, that's A New Hope. That's the first one that came out.
1: Yeah. Really?
0: that's kind of where you get the kind of R two D two C three PO Really? What's his name? Han Solo and Princess Leia. Those are the basic characters here. And you kinda, Oh shit. Yeah. You have the evil emperor who's trying to take over the kingdom or take over the neighboring yeah. kingdoms and it, it's cool. Like this is the the seed that made Star Wars. Okay. Was this Kurosawa movie. But that kind of uh, makes me like Star Wars more. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why Darth Vader looks like the samurai. He's got the samurai hat and they fight with the swords and everything. Yeah, you're right. It's all just ripping off Kurosawa. All right. Well, that makes me like Star Wars less. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, even the design of like uh, all the like the Death Star designs and everything with the kind of lateral hatches and everything. Like that's all his look where you have the kind of backlit paper walls with the kind of wood coming in and all different angles and stuff interesting it's all just copying that stuff but um yeah princess that's a word yeah that is a word (laughs) but yeah if you watch this you'll be going oh fuck that's c3po that's han solo and you'll see all the kind of stuff and it starts off in the desert with c3po and han solo running around and stuff uh it's fun cool but uh How the hell did we get onto this one? Oh, yeah, the hand, the dog with the hand. The dog hand, this shot right here. Yeah, that is a famous shot from Yojimbo, where um, it's kind of like this hellish town that's overrun by bandits and scoundrels. And Kurosawa and I need a way to show that this town is really bad. I'm going to have a dog running with a hand in its mouth. And that's a famous story from film history, and it's a nice little homage to it here that's interesting too because when i saw this shot Mm -hmm. like of these guys picking up like looking for the hand and shit yeah i was like this is goofy as hell
1: yeah (laughs) why the fuck is this in this movie Mm -hmm.
0: like it's funny yeah and it's bloody so it's cool but why you know it seems like even that could have been cut but now that i know why it's there that's pretty cool but saying that the kurosawa one is way cooler though yeah if you google quick the uh Yeah, let's check it out. Your Jimbo dog hand. I'm sure something would come up. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) There's the bugger. (laughs) Yeah, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, so that's fun. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Just runs right at camera. Cool. Cool.
1: But uh, yeah, a better dog, um, too. Yeah, looks,
0: looks nice. grimier in this movie, too. In uh, Wild at <laughs> Heart? No, in uh, Yojimbo. Yeah, yeah, this just looks like, like little, you know, puffy puffy shit happens. Like or something, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't even run towards camera and the hand's not up looking all weird and scared. <laughs> oh, that's good. So how do you know? I mean, yeah, I guess Lynch was definitely aware of Kurosawa. There's no way that's a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I think this is a direct, like, if you kind of get into, like, the kind of Japanese kind of movies or Kurosawa at all kind of thing, you'll know of this kind of story. Right. right. And a dog hand. And Yojimbo is a pretty popular movie. Okay. That's also a kind of same kind of style, not style, but, like, same tone of the movie. Like, it's grimy and gritty looking, but it's full of jokes the entire way through, has jokes. Cool that's a fun one to watch i think you know what i would like to do kurosawa fully like we're doing with oh yeah her and lynch yeah i wouldn't mind just clearing like half his catalog or whatever he's got like fucking 30 movies though so. yeah well we'll pick the best ones yeah. we'll like hand pick whichever ones are like important i think i have five myself that are my favorites and yeah, all, awesome. all the samurai ones, I don't really like the kind of, he does a like kind of post-war, pre-war stuff too. And really? I feel like I love that shit. But it's more, it's more interior drama kind of family stuff. Like when you're kind of thinking of Kurosawa, the first thing you think of is a samurai movie for sure. Yeah, of course. Seven Samurai. Instantly. Yeah. yeah. Seven Samurai's fun, but it's also a good three hour something movie. Like the last 40 minutes of it fucking rules. And like the hour and a half in the middle, you go, you know, shorten Mm. that down. Uh, Throne of blood rocks, but that's just like, that's the best camera movement hands down in one of these movies. It's got, uh, I think it's Macbeth, that story. Throne of blood? I believe it's Macbeth. That's cool. But it's um it's like all in these uh big pagoda kind of fortresses and there's pillars everywhere and the cameras just moving everywhere and every every frame of the movie is so perfect and so precise, like you could cut it up geometrically any way you want, and it always lines up perfect. Like that's a clean fucking cut movie. Cool. Dream yeah. fun. Like the these first like one, two, three, four yeah five this i've never heard of
1: yeah that's a early seven
0: like these i'd like to do yeah uh i don't know about high and low but like everything else no i don't know ikiru 2 is okay yeah but rashomon that it feels kind of dated does it I've heard a lot about it yeah do you know the story of that kind of movie oh it's before seven samurai Yeah, that's early, that. I always thought Seven Samurai was one of his first. No, I don't. That was like 55, I think, was Seven Samurai? 54. Ooh, very close. Yeah, very close. Well, there you go. It says on top. But uh, Rashomon is, um, it's like, I believe it's a rape that happens, and there's a a rape murder or something like that, and it's uh, however many people in the area all tell their point of view, kind of thing. And, interesting. Uh, I think it's called like the Rashomon effect when you have ten different testimonies and they all kind of give a different perspective. And with all the perspectives, you build what actually happens. Yeah, it's kind of each person has their own. Average motion. them out. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, for the time you go, ooh, this is a very interesting narrative. You know, it's nonlinear and you have all these kind of different segments. It's episodic, but it all kind of follows and who's lying and who's not lying. But you've kind of you've seen this. A hundred times since that happened. Yeah, okay. Like you'll see it in SpongeBob and in cartoons and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And visually it's not as exciting as like Seven Samurai or okay. or something. Yeah. No, when I was I was uh for the uh Backyard Boys episode. Yeah. If you guys haven't checked it out, we recorded an episode live in someone's backyard. It was yeah. funny. It's it's flying up the charts right now. Is it? Yeah. um yeah i like i was looking for screenshots of movies that we spoke about
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and seven samurai was one of them and i haven't seen it yet but i scrubbed through like pretty much the entire movie trying to find a screenshot i liked enough yeah to edit and stuff like that and uh dude there's like a fucking 12 minute break in the middle 12 minute break in the middle dude there's like a, a legit intermission where it just cuts to black for like a dozen minutes i mean i'm exaggerating but it's long really yeah dude oh yeah i could pull it up yeah maybe let's get this off screen so no one knows what fucking files i have on here (laughs) someone's gonna pause that and screenshot (laughs) but yeah i know i was fucking surprised at how long maybe it's just like the version i have maybe But there's a fucking long intermission. No, this should be the same version we both have, yeah. Okay, we're running out of time again. So I'm going to show you the intermission and then Mm -hmm. we'll uh, reconvene. Yeah, this I is it so. man it's so long i don't remember this dude it's stupid how long that is that is quite long i mean normally in these kind of re-releases remastered kind of thing it would go fade to the intermission for 15 seconds and then come back yeah instead of leaving the full half hour or whatever it was yeah. supposed to be it's legit okay from like 46 and three quarters mm-hmm to almost 52 so a good five minutes then a good five minutes a solid five minutes of just black screen with whatever the hell that is intermission probably (laughs) yeah maybe that is quite interesting i do not remember that yeah I was surprised because I kept like, kind of like scrubbing through here, trying to find something cool to screenshot. Yeah. And I was like, what Ooh. the fuck is this? You got it. The last probably 40 minutes is where all the cool stuff is. Yeah, that's what I was going. There was, there was some really cool shots back here. And the Even mud and rain and everything. Yeah. yeah. Fun. But I really liked uh, when they're on the hill, I'm not going to be able to find it now, but they're on the hill and they pull up the sword right before their town gets invaded. It's like right before the break anyways i'm pretty sure it's the screenshot i I used
1: okay it's from
0: that scene so Mm -hmm. just go look at our instagram these car shots get cleaned up more than blue velvet yeah definitely easily tighter yeah tighter there's a lot there's a well there's a lot more too so he kind (laughs) of needed to yeah one thing i noticed in the uh the nighttime shot i believe it's when uh sailor is telling luna that he knew her father on the yes. night that he burned to yeah death. and it's. <laughs> <laughs> it's sorry go hard. on go it's, on the
1: characters, they're
0: so over the top these characters it's fantastic yeah the uh, lipstick thing was insane that's pretty good but uh, yeah oh. around here yeah this, yeah. this got not exactly and he's talking and then you see kale lights go by but there's no car sound, no hint of a car. Really, it's just kind of because this is like done in like just two people on either side shaking the car and right. wind on her hair, and then some asshole with a, like a red flashlight running in the back. <laughs> oh, that was my that was acting out. I got oh that is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This little thing. There you go, and that happens two times, I think. In this, yeah, yeah. Where this just kind of singular red we'll light in the back, in the corner of Nick Cage's head. Yeah, shouldn't see it. Yeah, there, there it is. There you go. But that's not a taillight because that's only one. That's probably like them like driving by a sign or something. Something it happens yeah. two times, and yeah. uh, I don't know. I thought that was quite fun <laughs> just to go. Yep, well, that's in a studio for sure, <laughs> without any question. But. uh, yeah did you have uh, anything else to say about this? Yeah, let me check my notes. I really didn't take a lot of notes for this one no i was I was struggling to write stuff down. yeah, there's not much mm-hmm. well i was I spent a lot of time trying to think of Wizard of Oz anything deeper than just the surface reference, but I believe it's just a surface reference well i think it's I think it's the whole like the whole individuality <laughs> and personal freedom thing, yeah, and like all that shit. I think the whole Wizard of Oz thing is just all about finding your, like, inner person, and that's what this is all about, too. It's just a similar theme. It's just an illusion. That's all it is, really. Yeah, exactly. I was trying to tie, like, oh, is he the scarecrow? Is he the lion? I was trying to get stuff. Good head smash. Oh, this scene... The opening scene is insane. I love it. This is probably the best one in the movie, though. I could watch this on fucking repeat, dude. Yeah, this rules. (laughs) Yeah. Well, just even the glare with the cigarette and the point just that on loop that's a one baby a there you go (laughs) perfect dude it's so good just the panting and the weird (laughs)
1: haircut
0: (laughs) i love it for like the haircut's so funny for a while like fuck am i watching fucking like grease two or something It's so funny, but it works, dude. It works so well. <laughs> yeah, it, it really does. And I really liked in this opening sequence, it like mm-hmm. opens, it hard cuts from the opening credits mm-hmm. to like just straight up jazz, like swing yeah. jazz. Mm-hmm. And then music dies down. Q mm-hmm. um Lula. Yeah. And then Q Sailor. Mhm. Q the dude he just killed Bob. Bob. And then it just fucking goes straight to fucking thrash metal. <laughs> like it's that's so fucking great. funny. In few movies and even fewer times is it done well. Do you hear any kind of metal? In yeah. And this is a, a very good one. This has yeah. good metal in it. It fits perfect. Most of the time, it's terribly cheesy, terribly out of place. It fits. Fantastic. It's 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 exactly fucking good. What
1: the movie needs in here. Yeah.
0: I think the only other movie I can think of is, uh, I think it's from like the eighties mm-hmm. uh, slumber party massacre one okay. and two. Yeah. The first one, there's like a decent amount of metal the more, it's more like hard rock, I guess back then. Yeah. Um, but like it fits pretty well. But mm-hmm. in the second one, the serial killer, his weapon is a guitar. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> with like, you know, those like massive drills, you drill holes in ice yeah, with yeah
1: they're yeah.
0: like fucking like this long and like this thick an auger he's got one of those attached yeah. to the neck of his guitar <laughs> so he'll like shred a solo and then oh, just no. fucking kill someone it's so dumb but it's so funny that's awesome does he have to do a good solo too or he goes Fuck that shit, <laughs> and he fucks up? yeah i think if his solo isn't good enough the drill isn't powered but <laughs> do you hear the solo that he plays yeah how the hell is he playing it well, it's just a normal guitar, but there's a fucking but drill at the top. He brings an amp with him and plugs it in and then stabs him. Oh, you don't think about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking logically. The movie is called Slumber Party Massacre. I don't think you're supposed to think about it. Slumber Party Massacre 2. 2, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was, that, that, oh, we didn't. you know what we didn't talk about? What's that? I don't know if I'll be able to scrub through and find it, but uh, mm-hmm. when... Laura Dern's character, Lula, is talking about her cousin, her like weird cousin who believes in aliens.
1: Okay.
0: He puts cockroaches in his butthole. (laughs) You must remember that.
1: I don't remember that.
0: You don't remember that, dude? No. Okay, now I have to find it. I watched a movie yesterday, yet I don't remember. Dude, how do you not remember fucking... Yeah, here it is. Okay, it's... Yeah, that's him. This is him. He's dancing around because he has fucking cockroaches in his uh, asshole. Ah, yes. <laughs> Dude, he, like, fucking Laura Dern's like, uh, my aunt found cockroaches in his underwear. And then he fucking put it in his asshole. Just Nick Cage thinking about it? Yeah, he's just, like, <laughs> fucking weird. That is interesting. <laughs> I thought that was fucking funny. I don't know. I'm surprised we hadn't mentioned it yet. That is good. But it's literally just this fucking weirdo. He makes sandwiches at night and he yells. I don't know. It's weird. I don't get the point. That's like one of the... That could have been cut easily. Yeah. You don't even remember it. You remembered it, though. I did. Well, because I literally... In my notes, it literally just says, Cockroach anus. Ha ha ha. (laughs) That's one of my notes. So... That's, you, you I think we have to mark that down as a, a new classic note. Yeah, cockroach anus. Cockroach <laughs> anus, ha ha ha. I I, I remember the uh, it's not gay, it's Roman. That was my favorite note on my part, I think. That was fucking good. But uh, yeah, there, there's a few really funny little maybe not anecdotes, but like little asides in it. Like when they're talking about, oh yeah, my whole family's died from alcoholism or tobacco. Oh yeah, I'm smoking the same cigarettes as as yeah, Yeah. 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 That's fun. I like also uh, Lula, Laura Dern's character, Mm -hmm. after she talks about how she was uh, raped by her uncle when she was 13. Yeah. She starts talking about the ozone layer Mm -hmm. and how the earth is going to be pierced yeah through like through the entire earth is going to be pierced when the ozone is destroyed by electrical x-rays
1: yeah
0: just like fucking pure nonsense but it's so funny yeah also how does she think that it's like the sun is covered or like there's something in between like the the sun's always touching somewhere (laughs) she she definitely thinks the ozone does a lot more than it actually does like yeah, protects us, but the sun's not going to burn a hole straight through the fucking planet. Knock on wood. Knock- <laughs> 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 the only other note here I have
1: is mm-hmm.
0: just like a fun, like kind of like visual thing I appreciated about the movie.
1: Yeah,
0: is that every character, whenever someone's on the phone, mm-hmm. they kind of always have their own room like the Mr. Reindeer. Yeah. This character,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh Santos. Yeah. Every character like anytime there's ever a phone call and it cuts back and forth between the people participating in the phone call. Mm-hmm. They always they have like they're so costumed. The, the whole entire set is so set up specifically to fit that character.
1: Yeah. Like it, it's, cool.
0: there's a lot of detail in those sets that mm-hmm. add to those characters, not development, but a lot of the characters in this movie aren't introduced. Yeah, I they're mean, introduced visually. Yeah, you could argue that is development, though. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, You're learning more about the characters through the environment you're seeing them in. Like. Yeah, I I say not development because they don't really change. Yeah. Except well, for Laura Dern and fucking mm-hmm. uh Nick Cage. You're learning about them, though. Yeah, you're learning about them. You yeah. learn about them. Yeah. Something I did find really cool is that. Mm -hmm. like with that opening scene that we keep going back to yeah um you learn so much within fucking five minutes of the movie yeah you learn the relationship between the characters you Mm -hmm. learn the characters who they are as people you learn fucking it's insane how much exposition Mm -hmm. is shown and not told within the first five or six minutes yeah well it's pretty cool gives you the entire dynamic and that's like normally that would be like 20 25 minute kind yeah. of thing. this is a fast five Boom. minute yep. you're there you know it and yep. you also know what you're in for You yeah, know exactly this isn't your cup of tea okay you know yeah even i found uh the same thing with the title sequence
1: mm-hmm.
0: like the second it hits yeah it hits on that same metal riff when the title yeah. sequence shows up mm-hmm. and it's like okay the second i started watching i was like okay this is not a regular lynch movie no like this is gonna be fucking weird this is I gonna won't... be because like it fucking slams in yeah. it's like blue velvet yeah exactly blue velvet and eraser head and shit they were yeah. so subtle yeah in a lot of these like peripheral i guess okay like the credits yeah The beginning credits and credits but this movie it's like the beginning credits it's like bam this is the title the yeah. movie starts bam nick cage is fucking murdering someone yeah well this is a kick in the head every scene well not yeah, every scene, yeah. but throughout the movie you're getting hit in the head as you're watching it yeah exactly but i liked it i think this i like the, that about it i think after this movie this font becomes his standard also oh really i think so I don't remember. Blue Velvet was cursive. Yeah, Blue Velvet's cursive. Eraser head, I think, is just. Eraser head's different. It's a lot yeah. taller. Yeah, big sans thinner. Just square yeah. kind of thing. Well, but we'll see it uh, in our thumbnails and stuff. I always copy the font, so. Yeah, I we'll see it. This this reminds me a lot of the Lost Highway font. Yeah. This one, yeah. I mean, just the name Lost Highway, mm-hmm. and having seen this movie, yeah. I feel like. This and Lost Highway are going to be a lot more similar than any two movies out of anything else we're going to watch? Kind of. I think it might have more with Mulholland Drive. This or Lost Highway? Lost Highway. Okay. I think okay. Mulholland well, that makes sense Drive to and Lost Highway are kind of the two sides of a different coin. One okay. side being a movie that I like and the other side being a movie <laughs> that I don't like. <laughs> but, All right. Yeah. They're they're very similar. But but this, I mean, all his movies are, you know, they all go together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, with a lot of, like, auteur directors, Mm -hmm. that happens quite often. Like, we did the whole, um, what was it, Yorgos Lanthimos episode. Yeah. Because his movies are so similar yet so distinct that it's hard not to consider them as a whole, as an entire, like, album Mm -hmm. almost. I remember that being a bit of a rough episode. Yeah, maybe. It mm-hmm. was early. Yeah. Too many people on mic, I think. <laughs> <laughs> one mic, too for five fucking people. Yeah, that, I think that was probably... Uh, yeah. Because we had uh, Joey and Dante and we were fine. Yeah, that was perfectly really fine. Yeah. 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 So it might have been legit just sh- all sharing one mic was kind of weird. I think so. And we had to move in front of it and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Review time. Review time. We got one loaded up and everything. Here it is. You want to okay. read it? Wild at Heart, 1990. Three stars. I can't believe Nick Cage stole Gorō Majima's look. Let's look him up. Let's look him Goro up. Gorō Majima. First a- appearance, 2005. <laughs> this movie, 1990. What else do we? Oh yeah, he spelled Nick Cage with a K. Yeah, he spelled the name wrong. What an idiot. Yeah. My name is Nick. His name is Nick. Just to see. (laughs) Notice. You notice the difference. Yeah, you hear it. Yeah, yeah, you hear it. It's very subtle. Yeah. Worst review we've had yet. Andy B. And his favorite, uh, yeah, we looked at his favorite movies. Evil Dead 2, I can respect. It's a Mm -hmm. good movie. The rest, I have literally no idea what they are. Peeping Tom, not that fun. Teenagers from Outer Space, pretty fun. I don't know what Dark Place is. Me either. I don't even know who Garth fucking Marenghi is. No. He looks like the guy from Dwight from The Office. Yep. I was just thinking that too. He really fucking does. It's his name. Uh, Fuck, there's only uh, four actors in this thing. Not they bad. Each play two characters, it looks like. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, that's fun. This is it's a kind of only, pretty high rating, though. 4.4. 4, not bad. But there are only seven fans. <laughs> well... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come on. So who knows? Oh, oh, it looks goofy as hell. Yeah, I think it might be a goofy one. Because 2004, with the evil forces lurking beneath the hospital in Romford, engage in a desperate struggle against poor production values, awful dialogue, and unrealistic violence. Okay, so it's supposed to be bad. Yeah, it's a spoof for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. All right, Andy B, we're done. We're done with you. Yeah. More like Andy, bad movies. There you go. Got him. (laughs) Send him an email. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's check these out. Lowest first. Yeah, let's see the bad one. Yeah, let's see some... Oh, vile. Half a star vile. Oh, I don't think vile is the right word. No. (laughs) The other one, half a star. The girl reminded me of my ex. Other than that, would not recommend... What the fuck? Has Johnny Schroeder never seen Laura Dern before? I don't know. Also, let's look at a picture of this guy and see if he's just trying to brag that, yeah, I dated a girl that looked like Laura Dern. <laughs> yeah, this guy looks like a a <laughs> bagoon. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he's got all other goofy movies. This is These movies all go... Ha- well, not Rounders and the other one, but... Well, these aren't his favorites. These are just recent activity. Oh, okay. His yeah. ghost dog and natural born killers and this movie are all the same kind of, you know, goofy neo fun. noir goofy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the other. Yeah, thing. I'm over him. Mm-hmm. What crap? What crap. Interesting. <laughs> this, this is, is probably, probably the movie. yeah. Go for it. Happy Valentine's Day, ladies. I don't know. I guess. I mean, he reviewed it on Valentine's Day, so. Never before has a movie given me such a splitting headache. Huh. Uh, There goes... There David Lynch goes again. Mistaking brutalizing women with having anything interesting to add to this... To add to film as an art. Lara AC was not a fan. I think... uh, Pretty much everybody is brutalized in this film. But I mean... I imagine she's talking about the kind of molesting rape characters who yeah. all, I mean, they do get their comeuppance. They all do, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Willem Dafoe feels up Laura Dern and then he gets his head blown off. That was such a sick scene, too. That's pretty cool. That was fucking that cool. cool. Uh, what else? This uh, not, the mo- not the molestation scene, but the him dying scene. <laughs> yeah, <really> no. Cool. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think you you meant the dialogue with him goes fuck me tell me you're gonna fuck me <laughs> tell me you're gonna fuck me for <laughs> three whisper minutes straight. It. whisper it whisper it uh, just yeah just gums i like, fucking love will neveau he's fantastic he's great man he really is fantastic i mean <laughs> you can't go wrong any kind of movie where he has a mustache a beard no beard <laughs> it's the bill perfect and he always plays it Full percentage. He's good, man. Have you seen uh, Antichrist, Lars von Trier? No, no, I haven't seen that one yet. That's uh, penetrative sex in that one. Yeah, oh yeah. But they had, apparently, fun fact, they Mm. had to use a body double for Willem Dafoe because Willem Dafoe's dick was too big. Really? Lars von Trier was like, no one's going to believe this is a real penis. (laughs) He's like, "Your, your penis is, fuck, it's too big we have to use someone else's penis i mean that sounds like willem Defomey, but like (laughs) lars i don't want to show my penis on screen just tell people it's too big (laughs) who knows man but there's definitely legit like full close-up full penetration oh yeah it's like it's literally like fucking right in there really yeah that's pg 13 it's actually rated e for everyone Oh, nice! <laughs> Does it come on GameCube? <laughs> Exclusively, that's the only place they released it.
1: Oh, perfect.
0: <laughs> okay, what the fuck did I watch? David Lynch is sexist, unwatchable. It's a lot of the same garbage with these fucking much- half-star reviews. Read this one. Read this long one. Ah, uh, I like most of the filmography of David Lynch that I've seen. Badly constructed sentence. Yes. The glaring exception that continues to rank among the worst films I have I have ever seen, is wild at heart. Baffling, incomprehensible, irritating, repulsive, revolting. This movie is all of these things and more. Wouldn't it be all of those things and more? And it left an ugly, bitter aftertaste in my mouth when it was over. Ugh, just ugh. Jack didn't like it. I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, what's incomprehensible about it? Yeah, it's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, repulsive and revolting. That's kind of the point. But those are also big words to use. Or, yeah, yeah. It's also subjective. Yeah. I mean, as, you know, we started this podcast with Cannibal Holocaust. Mm-hmm. Even that. We're not going to get revolt. that. We're not going to get that gory ever. That's the thing. Yeah. So, like, to <laughs> us, Wild wow, at Heart is like fucking a walk in the park. Pretty well. I Yeah, I guess so. Okay. <laughs> you know, but, like... Like what's this guy into? Let's see. Yeah, see. So none okay. of these movies are gory or violent in any way, shape, or form. Well, uh, Airplane, there are some slaps in it. Oh, they do. Oh no, that's <laughs> Airplane Two. Never mind. That's a different. I, think, I mean, <laughs> what Donnie Darko has got a headshot scene, doesn't it? Dude gets shot in the fucking face. Maybe I think I don't know how probably. bloody it is, but Scott Pilgrim's know. basically a know. comic book. Know. Whiplash has no violence. I think what he his hand bleeds from playing drums, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, guy yells at him yeah dario argento well that should be bloody though i was gonna say dario argento is uh yeah. kind of oh, like a horror fucking icon yeah it looks like he's going through slashers here going to pieces they're all in f- the rise and fall of the slasher film yeah so what the hell is this guy complaining about four stars for bad boys for life all right so let's all right this, this guy's yeah, this guy yeah. know what he's talking about okay Moving i saw the movie in the movie theater did you Yes, I paid to go I'm so sorry. Boys. Yes.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> Lynch's campy road movie soap pop opera affected trash quiche? kitsch, kitsch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Kitschy, like, you know, when you have a, like, your your kitchen has fucking polka dots on it and a, a blender okay. from 1940 or something. You go, a little kitschy, you know? Okay. Uh, it's tacky bumptious bumptious the fuck does that mean that's not a real word is it i think that would mean like yeah self-assertive or proud to an irritating degree okay not what i would have said it was sex and crime provocation kooky ecstasy rage these are just words yeah this, this isn't, is a, Yeah, no, this yeah. is that. Uh, he, he had a few words left over from his other reviews and said, fuck, I have to figure out That's a way it. to throw them in somehow. His thesaurus was still open and he just knew know what to do. Yeah. this A is, bag full of synthetical candy jelly. What the hell does that... Over mean? the... Yeah, I don't know. And over the top... is not a word. I, Wouldn't you mean synthetic candy yeah, jelly? Yeah, I think you can just say synthetic. Candy jelly... But what the hell does like that mean? gummy bears? Yeah. Of over the they pipe dream Of fucking the American cere- cerebellum, the master of the cinema of classy, subversive mm-hmm. understatement at its work. Well, I mean, this is... Uh, like, words have to make sense together to make a point. Yeah. <laughs> We've tossed this word around a lot on this podcast. <laughs> this dude is pretentious. Uh, yeah, just in... Uh, yeah. I mean, it's if he stopped at Lynch's Campy Road movie, that would have been good enough. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh I don't know, everything he said affected tr- he could have just said it's corny as fuck instead yeah. of this. A- uh bumptious tre- sex and crime provocation. But he I think, mean, is he saying the audience is getting provoked or I think he's just saying it's, it's provocative for the sake of provocation. There's no substance to it. It's just shocking for the sake of shock. Which, again, we've spoken about this before. I'm all for. I mean, you're building a world here. Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with that. And yeah. even, I would say, the provocation and the shock in this movie is more realistic than movies without this shock factor. Yeah someone gets in a car like that scene with the car accident at night
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and they're trying to save this girl and like get her in the car so they can drive her to the hospital and she dies on the road yeah like that's one of the most real things you can see in this movie Mm -hmm. like yeah sure it's fucking there's blood everywhere there's dead bodies it's provocative but it's realism at the same time i do like the kind of movies i'm saying this sarcastically i like where like people get just shot to all hell and they just kind of fall over, and there's no blood, kind of thing, and they just go like the frame like that. Yeah, 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 getting a full clip of fucking <laughs> in him, and there's nothing, you know. That is that is fun too. <laughs> yeah, not even Laura Dern can save this one. Nick Cage is Jesus, Jesus in snake <laughs> skin jacket. This is easily the best one star film I've ever seen. Wow, that's saying something. At least it's the best. Yeah, it seems like a good review and a bad one at the same time it's the best of the worst i guess i didn't like the way lynch wrote his characters he didn't it is based on a novel mm-hmm. you idiot i didn't like nicholas cage's performance i loved it i thought it was great nick cage was fucking great yeah i didn't like the music okay. the music is come the best on man. actually he didn't like anything at all well so. the valkyrie ninety eight. F you, you 20-year-old yeah, loser. What does he like? House of Flying Daggers. In the Mood In the, for love. Yeah. That's Raid a good one. Man. Man. In the Mood these for Love. These are all fucking uh, like old Kung Fu movies, aren't they? Well, uh, In the Mood for Love is like a romance kind of movie, like a 50s kind of Japanese romance. Oh, no. These aren't his favorites, dude. This is two stars. This oh. He, just liked. he In the Mood for Love one star? Well, this guy doesn't know no, 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 no. This just means he liked it. He didn't rate it oh. yet uh yeah there's there's the hearts and then there's the stars uh, but he gave house of flying daggers too i think that's stupid yeah house of flying daggers deserves a little more than two i, I haven't like seen the, it in a while but i do not like the valkyrie 98 where do you see that i think that's the name like I, oh yeah the dude yeah no fucking yeah yeah On to the good ones? On to the good ones, yeah. This guy mentioned the Palm d'Or, so obviously he did his fucking research. How the fuck did this win a Palm d'Or while Firewalk with me got panned? Cannes is a fucked up place. The only redeeming factor of this film was that Laura Dern was in it. I'm a big fan of Lynch's works, but this film is absolutely atrocious. Dull characters, a duller story, and Nick Cage doing his best Elvis impression is enough to make you want to poke your fucking eyes out. Christ, I hate this film jesus man settle down fuck he's a little upset yeah this guy that's uh i don't know dude like fucking turn netflix off and go to bed or something yeah i mean that made me want to watch it i go and nick cage doing an elvis impression this is fun let's watch it here you go this is a snake skin jacket and for me it's a symbol of my individuality and my belief in personal freedom that's just a quote from the movie that's a bad review five star bad review Yeah. David Lynch's finest film. It's what he would have made with Elvis Presley had he ever had the opportunity to collaborate with him. Instead, we get Nicolas Cage giving his best Presleyan performance. It's a bizarre mix of a 1960s Elvis Presley movie with The Wizard of Oz randomly whisked in, poured over what is obviously identifiable as a Lynch, David Lynch movie, at his most amazingly deranged. There is not a single wasted performance in this film. Between this and the casualties of war, I can't decide which is the most fucked up Willem Dafoe performance. And Laura <laughs> Dern's real life mother, Diane Ladd, plays her character Lula's mama to a demented perform- perfection that is rivaled perhaps only by Poipo Laurie's psychotic mother portrayal in carrier. I didn't know that was a real mom. I didn't know that either. That's interesting. That's quite fun. That is quite fun. Uh, Laura Dern is wonderful. Harry Dean Stanton is great. Just watch the thing. Uh, the first paragraph sounds like a bad review almost, I find. I don't know, but... Like if you copy-pasted this and read it at one star, I wouldn't flinch. Yeah, I guess so. Instead, we get Nicolas Cage giving his best Presley. That's the reason the other guy didn't like the movie, too. Yeah, exactly. But this, I, I don't have the... Like, I don't have the index for it. Because I'm not familiar with all of Elvis Presley's movies that he came out with. And, Did he make movies? He's got a good 20, probably. Really? Yeah, all kind of... Uh, oh, Just kind of, like, you know, the quick turnaround pictures. We'll film it in a week, and you sing 10 songs. Uh, like okay, the Beatles yeah. used to do. You know, when an album's coming right. out, they'd have some stupid movie, and every scene, they'd have a song that they play in it. It was the yeah. with Elvis. But um, his movies, like, I think it's supposed to be Elvis and Marilyn Monroe, these two characters. But, like... Mm. I, I don't have the references. I don't know the movies that are being referenced. I read that there's a lot of references to these old Elvis movies, but I, I couldn't point them out to you. Oh, interesting. I, I, I mean, I okay, so having heard that, I kind of understand this statement. Yeah. That Elvis, having David Lynch and Elvis Presley collaborate on a film would probably end up with something similar to Wild at Heart. Mm-hmm. I would completely disagree with that. Oh, yeah? Yeah, there's no way Elvis Presley would have done a movie like this. I don't know. He was pretty good. He was out there. Yeah, but he wouldn't do this much violence and blood. It would be way more romantic. Uh, Yeah, well, we're also imagining him in the late 50s, early 60s, too, though. I'm sure Elvis was around in 1990 and he was the megastar that he was in the late 50s, early 60s. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure he would be doing all kinds of funky stuff. That's a pretty good point. And he's probably popping pills and eating fucking <laughs> peanut butter and banana sandwiches all day. Peanut butter and bacon? Peanut butter, bacon, banana? There was bacon in it for sure. Know. What's there? I mean, the I guy probably know. lived off bacon. He was fucking the size of a... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. A tow truck? <laughs> yeah, something like that. I've watched this movie a lot of times, and every time I like it more and more. And now it's one of my all-time favorite films. I love its ultra-violent outburst to... The fuck is this? begin I imagine it would be okay yeah outburst to begin and climax the film it's so trashy and horny in between it really resonates with me as a person I guess <laughs> I think it's my favorite thing by David Lynch I think nice and redundant I like and I, what yeah like all his stuff a lot man fucking Vicky not only is she trashy and horny, her writing is quite <laughs> trashy. <laughs> her grammar is quite bad. Yeah, definitely it's a peer review. Yeah. Hey, there you go. He spelled it right. Nick, Nick Cage. Cage in his okay. Fucking bag. Damn right it's five star. <laughs> this? Lipstick, lightning, fire. I mean, that's what you got. Lipstick is funny. That is pretty good. Lightning, really see much lightning. Uh, yeah, I don't get I don't know what that's from. I don't get it. If you're truly wild at heart, you'll fight for your dreams. Don't turn away from love, sailor. Don't turn away from love. And then it's in a different language, and I'm not going to try and read it. Esse filme me lembrou a razoado. David Lynch o meu diretor preferido. Oh, I know what that means. Yeah, that's his favorite director. Esse uh-huh. film, I don't know what this means. Me lembrou a No, Lost sure. me there. Is this Portuguese? Or, uh... I don't know. Well, this is off this movie yeah i but, assume that is like my yeah yeah lembro arazio yeah I lost me there lembro arazio yeah. well that's for the audience to wonder there you go google it email us whatever <laughs> fuck off it is not ours to wonder why <laughs> a, a certified certified bangaroonie bangaroonie <laughs> There you go. From Lynch's filmography, that's not easy to get a hold of these days. Nick Cage and Laura Dern had an undeniably perfect chemistry in a world that was perhaps not the most Lynchian, but it was still very apparent that a sense of weirdness was lurking in its atmosphere. But I mean, Lynchian, he just wants it to be kind of be dark and eerie. Yeah. But I think at the root of that, it's supposed to be Americana. Yes. So this still fits in with that kind of world view. It's, it's funny, I, I don't know how much, we talked about this when we covered Blue Velvet, mm-hmm. how uh, Lana Del Rey mm-hmm. covered Blue Velvet. Yeah. I don't know how much her covering Blue Velvet has to do with Lynch and not the song's origin specifically. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of her songs focus on the Americana, but yeah. she uh, she honestly sings about similar themes to David Lynch as well. Well, I think she's definitely a lot of grabbing, underbelly shit. Yeah, she's grabbing the aesthetic of kind of yeah. a trashy road motel. Yeah. Well, I forget which one, but some one music video is like. Seems like it came right out of this movie. Oh really? It's one of her popular song video games, I think it is. Oh. And it's like her as some trashy like motel hoe, and some like older dude, like some fucking greasy guy, and they're in a hotel, a motel. Uh, Like what you saw with uh, Willem Dafoe and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. It looks like she's stealing it right out from this. Interesting, this movie. So, yeah, I guess there is something to it. Mm. She must like David Lynch. Well, what do you think? When we get into many non-English reviews... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all right. Um. I did realize that we did not give our favorite shots yet. Would you like to do first or give our favorite shots first? Let's do our favorite shots first. Okay. Let me open the movie back up. Sure. I mean, I think one of my favorite shots is easily. The point. Not, the point is good, but I really like, (laughs) I really like this, man. I I fucking love this. This is a fantastic cut. Yeah. Boom. Right there. <laughs> Love it. It's so fucking cool. It's so stupid. It's yeah. like
1: it's What's almost like things, the entire baby?
0: movie is just boiled down in this one fucking shot. Pretty like, much, This yeah. is wild at heart. Yeah, I get it and I like it quite a bit. Yeah. Mine, I, the sh- nothing stood out too much to me on second viewing. Okay. The first time I saw it, I really loved the shot. Of them stopping in the car when Laura Dern's annoyed at the radio, and it's kind of oh, like, a yeah? train in the sunset, and then dancing like crazy. That's uh, is that after the car crash? I think that's earlier. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah right? I just this is a cool shot too. Yeah, this when they're happen. at the gas station. Yeah, before she gets in, he's gassing up, and
1: uh,
0: she's on the side of the car. This right here, I like that quite a bit. Yeah, it's a nice composition. There's a nice flow to the whole picture. It's very Americana. Yes, definitely. The shot you're talking about is coming up here. Yeah. yeah. Anything around here. Yeah. It kind of does the whole coming. This is, yeah. I mean, just, this, oh, that kick. That's a good kick. You gotta love Wait. that kick. There's the fucking <laughs> front foot, man. I love it. Let's see it one more time. It's too good. I absolutely love I'm going to learn how to do that, dude. I'm going to get a convertible just so I can do that. Oh, I love it. He... Flips off to, You see how oh. happy Laura Dern is too? <laughs> They're kicking dirt. They're having a good time. Yeah, this, yeah, is, this good. is good. That's a big kick too.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, I think this would be my favorite one. Yeah, okay. Those are some good shots. Those are nice. So So yeah, final thoughts, man. Yeah. Let's I wanna hear yours first. You wanna oh, hear I, mine first, yeah. eh? I'd like to hear yours first. Okay, um, I wish I could remember what I gave Eraserhead and Blue Velvet. I think Eraserhead was a nine. It was definitely high. It was nine or ten, easy. Yeah, and Blue Velvet, <laughs> I think you gave it a six and a half or six. I, you know what? I think I'm going to give this a seven and a half. I liked this more than Blue Velvet, to be honest.
1: Yeah? Yeah, yeah.
0: I think I might change my mind when I watch it a mm. second time yeah i watched blue velvet twice okay and the first time i was unimpressed the yeah. second time it kind of i was just kind of like
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay that's you know not much changed mm-hmm. this just i don't know like on a just pure like visceral reaction yeah like just watching it and enjoying it it's i just it, it's so much more enjoyable this movie is it's it's a blast to watch it's this. just a ride it's, it's insane so fun so I think like a seven and a half probably is what I'd give it. I'm gonna lowball you a bit there, Lee.
1: Ooh.
0: I'm giving it a seven. Lowball. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, All right, let's call it an even seven then. When I first watched it, probably eight, eight and a half something would have given it. Yeah, interesting. That's interesting. And it, it went I was really excited to watch it again, and I wasn't as shocked and as Wow, this is so much fun! Kind yeah. of thing. I still had tons of fun watching it, but it might have been that first time shock that I that I got. You know, that makes sense. That's why having having heard you say that earlier on, mm-hmm. that's why you know I might rewatch it and not like it as much either. Yeah, if you do, let me know. That'd be interesting. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, podcast as always. Yeah, nice talking. To you. Always good uh, for the viewers. You know, like our video on YouTube. Subscribe, follow us on Spotify, iTunes, review, email us, like our stuff. I don't know. Just fucking engage with our content in general. Do it all. Yeah, do everything. Or don't. I don't fucking care. If one of our listeners works for uh, FedEx or Intelcom, tell me where my fucking Dennis Hopper movie is that I ordered two effing months ago that still hasn't showed up. (laughs) Please tell me what's happening with it. You don't have a a tracking number? I got dildo, dude. I got nothing. Weird. I wrote to them when it was like two weeks late, and they said, oh, wait another ten days, and that was probably two or three weeks ago. Just ask for your money back. Where'd you order it from? I ordered it from the... It's like a, a special company that does the restoration, and like they're the only people who have the rights to the fucking movie. Oh, weird. You have to go through that company directly, and then they ship it through amazon Intelcom, or something yeah that's weird it's a hassle and i want my fucking movie all right well there you go so if you're <laughs> listening and you have any sort of hookup send us an email <laughs> monolithfilmclub at gmail.com mm-hmm. our instagram is monolithfilmpod so is our twitter you can find nick and i's personal accounts through that account if you so choose to do so mm-hmm. our youtube is monolithfilms We're on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever. If you're listening to this, you know where we are. Go, you know, fucking rock roll. Amen.